Welcome to Fountain of Life Worship Center's podcast. We're glad you're here with us today. Today you will hear a message previously recorded from our pastor, youth pastor, or a guest speaker. Join us as we know God, grow in God, and go with God today. Let's jump into the message. All I did was worship. All I did was And he's thankful he's your defender this morning. You know, there's so many things that he's done for us that we don't even know. How many times he's protected us right around a curve that we didn't even know. I'm glad he's on our side. Amen. 
If you have your Bibles, if you would go with me to Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3. Thank you, praise team. Wonderful, wonderful job as always. Amen. We're blessed, right? Ephesians chapter 3. Starting at verse number 14, and I'm going to read out that chapter. For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and the length and the depth and the height, and to know the love of Christ which passeth knowledge, that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us, Unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. Danny Knapper, would you bless the word this morning? Amen. Prayer is the most powerful thing, the most powerful thing that we have at our arsenal and in our arsenal, and I think it's the least thing that we as Christians use. You know, and I need y'all to help me out this morning because I think sometimes we need to do a little self-evaluation. It helps us at times, but how many of you all would say that I absolutely believe in the power of prayer, but yet... I probably don't do it as much as I should. <laughs> Y'all answered too quick. Why is it that we know without a shadow of a doubt that we have a good God? And not only is he a good God, but Danny, he is a God who answers the prayers of his children. We know that's who we serve, That's and yet... So many of us, many of us, and myself included, do not pray as we know how we should. You know, I think there are probably several reasons and many answers to that, but I think the most truthful answer to why we don't pray like we should, honestly, I sometimes wonder, do we know how to pray? We lack confidence when we go to the throne of God knowing that in our minds we're saying, God, are we doing this right? Anybody with me? I'm there sometimes. There's times I'm praying and I just, I'll stop mid-stride and I'll just say, am I doing this right? Do I even know what I'm doing? Some people, some of you may actually get bored when you're praying. I'm speaking this I'm Pastor Mick, and I'm I'm telling you, your pastor gets in prayer sometimes, and I'm bored. Oh, boy. Am I doing it right? Some people, and I hate to admit it, I mean, and I I know you all have too, those late-night prayers. How many's ever fallen asleep praying? Any of y'all ever done that before? I know, it, it sounds insult, insulting, it sounds bad, but most of us have. Uh, you know, probably some of you, you're kind of like me, you have ADHD prayer. Y'all know what I'm talking about. I mean, we've we got great intentions, and, and we're praying, and we're like, oh God, we just thank you for this day, we worship you, we bless you. God, I'm praying for a miracle this morning, but man, I need to go take out the trash. God, I thank you for this day, but man, the grass needs mowed. None of y'all do that? 
Where does that come from when we're praying? A, a gentleman that we used to know uh, when we pastored in New Martinsville, he always said it took him a good 10 to 15 minutes to get the white noise out of the way. He said it just it took him that long. And, and, and you know, how do I lose focus one sentence into my prayer? I can be praying, and, and if I, I can't pray in a big area like this. Used to, I like to come to sanctuary, turn on some music, but I can't do it because what I end up doing is I'll kneel down for a little while or I'll lay down, and then I get up and start walking around and praying, and then I realize that computer's dusty. That, that, uh, the, the counter back there's got dust, and the next thing I know, instead of praying, I'm wiping stuff down or picking up cords or picking up trash. I just ADHD praying. That's me. And, and, and again, you know, it's just the way we can be sometimes. But sometimes we, we get into our groups, our small groups, or in our, or, or, and we get in those the, the, our prayer partners. And it can be a little awkward sometimes because you go to a prayer group and you begin to hold hands with people. And you're sitting there and we get intimidated by people that pray sometimes. I mean, some people still pray in King James Version and it's like, Wow. Blessed Heavenly Father, how great thou art. And you're like going, we, this is, I bear hush. This goes on Facebook, but we have a little running joke sometimes with our family. We open our eyes to watch somebody pray. But uh, but we get in these groups and you got people. And they just start throwing down praying. And God, we're blessed coming in, blessed going out. We're the head and not the tail. And we, I mean, we got blessing coming in, blessing going out. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. And we're like, my goodness, they can pray. Why can't I do that? And they're like calling down angels and binding demons and doing all this stuff. And we get astonished listening to them pray. And then we think, man, I don't pray like that. I can't do that. That guy's good. And if I was God, I would probably answer that prayer. <laughs> I mean, I would answer that prayer because he sounds like he knows what he's doing or she knows. I don't, I mean, anybody ever get frustrated like that listening to people pray? Man, I wish I could pray like they do. And then I realize I just get in my car sometimes and me and God just have ordinary, everyday, mixed translation conversation and I've come to find out that those moments are just as powerful as what we think elegant words are and there's nothing wrong I mean I think there are times we need to get mad when we pray and say no weapon formed against me shall prosper and we need to bind and we need to loose that stuff needs to happen but sometimes the most powerful prayers are simple prayers they're just simple prayers. I mean, but we get astonished a lot of times and we compare ourselves to other people and they're praying and you're like, man, I don't do it right. Am I doing this right? And, and, and I don't know if you all ever get frustrated like I do, but, so, you know, sometimes I'm just like, I don't know if I'm doing it right. I believe there are two big prayer mistakes that so many of us make when we pray. There's two big mistakes that I think all of us do. One our prayers are too small, and two, they're too general. Our prayers are too general. When we pray to God, I believe so many of us, our prayers are too small, and God's like, can you not ask me for something bigger than that? They're too small, and they're too general. And to me, sometimes I think God honestly gets a little frustrated with us because we have a lack of faith to ask Him for big things. We lack faith to get specific with Him. And God wants us to be specific. You know, I think a lot of people, a lot of us, we're all guilty of it. God, we, we thank You for this day. And I pray that You bless me. Where I pray that you bless Adam and Stephanie. I pray that you bless David and Katie. We pray that kind of prayer. And I sometimes wonder, while we're praying that prayer, if God says, have you not noticed where you live at in the world? Have you not noticed the two vehicles that are sitting in your driveway? 
Have you not noticed the ATV and the boat and the camper and the building and all that stuff in our yards? And we're asking God, bless us. And God's saying, you're already blessed. And I'm happy to bless you. Would you please ask for something a little bigger? Will you please get a little more specific? Or we're like, God, just be with us today. Do we realize what we're truly praying when we say that? Is he not the God that said that I would never leave you nor forsake you and we're asking him for something that he's already promised that he's doing? If we're his, he's not leaving us. He's not forsaking us. God, will you go with us as we travel this week? If you're saved and a child of God, he's with you. If you leave him in Boone County, never mind. And God's like, that's easy. Give me something big to do. Let me do something. In other words, I wonder if God ever sits up there and looks down at us and says, Ask me for something, something that will help show off my glory to Boone County. That when I do it, there's no doubt that I did it, and it wasn't something small. It was something so specific that the people will say, he specifically asked God to do this very thing, and I did it. Why is... I think a lot of times we undercut God and the power of God of who he is. I mean, he, is he not the one that said with me all things are possible? All things. I wonder if the lack of being specific and the scale of possibility ever insults the heart of God. You know, I think God a lot of times says I could just do so much more if you would just have the faith to ask me. You're asking me for small things. And I want to do so much more for Fountain of Life. And you're asking me for small things. There's so many things that I want to do for you as an individual. And you're asking me for small things. Yes, you are blessed. So stop asking me to bless you. You're mine. I am blessing you. In fact, I am in heaven. And I'm ready to open up the heavens and pour out blessings that you can't even withstand. That's who I am, but I'm, I'm waiting on you to believe that I can do that. Many of us, many of, and, and I'm guilty. I'm not preaching to you, I'm preaching to me this morning. We're very guilty of praying ridiculously small and general prayers. But I want to encourage us to pray big. I want us to begin to pray specific. And I'm going to say that again because I think we've, we, we miss it. I think general prayers do not move God to specific actions. Because most of the time we're asking him for what he's already doing. Was it not in the book of James that he said we have not because we ask not? I think about that all the time. You know, what I want to do is, you know, I want to ask God. I want to get to the place that I'm asking God for extremely specific requests. And not only am I asking him, then requesting it from him, but that God gives me the faith to believe that he can do it. That he's exceeding abundantly able to do more than I could ever ask or think. I mean, think about that. How is the world ever going to see the impossible if we never ask God for the impossible? Suddenly, what happens when we do see them? Then there's no one that could ever say, you know, Pastor Mick did that. No, again, they would have to say that had to be the hand of God because it would have taken God to pull something off like that. Think about that this morning. I want to pray big. I want, I want to be faith-filled. I want to be specific. I want to say passionate prayers that really gets to the heart of God. No more, now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. We still have adults praying that. 
I want to pray big. I want to pray specific. And I want God to give me the faith to believe that it can happen. I want to learn, and I want you to learn to pray this way because that is how we are going to tap in to the power of God is when we have faith-filled, passionate prayers. The fervent prayer of a righteous man shows much or availeth much. I mean, look at the Apostle Paul. He's going to be our example this morning. But I think about the Apostle Paul, the man who persecuted Christians. He killed Christians. He hated Christians. And he met the grace of Jesus and was transformed. And now Paul... He would start churches and, and he would build them up and then he would leave and appoint a pastor and he would leave that church and he would go and start another church and he would appoint a pastor and leave and go to a, and start another church. And then what he would do is he would begin to write letters to these churches. And in these letters, Paul would begin to write most of the New Testament. And when Paul would pray in his letters, that be I loved it because he kind of prayed the same way repeatedly. I love the fact that Paul never contradicts himself. When you read him in Philippians, he's saying the same thing in Colossians. He's saying the same thing in Ephesians. Paul never changes his mind. And I, I think about that, but he, he always prayed the same type of prayer. And what he would do is he would say, I pray. And then he would say what he was praying for. You see, he would say, I pray, whatever. And he said, I pray for this so that this will happen. That's the prayer that Paul prayed. And we need to learn to pray that way. The very things he prayed for, we're going to learn how he was inspired by God to pray on purpose. Paul prayed that way on purpose. God, for this reason, I ask you to do this so that this will happen in the world today. That's what Paul prayed. And I want us to look at Ephesians chapter 3. We just read it all, but I'm going to break it down because Paul begins to write this letter from a Roman prison to the church in Ephesus, and he started his prayer this way. For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. Now, think about that just for a moment. He said, for this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. He says, for this cause I kneel. I get down on my knees and I kneel. When you pray, you know, everybody prays differently. We got these people that think you got to do it this way. Listen, if you like praying standing, pray standing. If you like praying sitting, sit. If you like to lay down, lay down. If you like to kneel, kneel. But if, some people like to pray when they're driving. But if you pray like that, watch and pray. Don't close your eyes when you're steering. But what's interesting is for Paul, Paul says, I bow my knees. I bow my knees. That's important because it's interesting for a Jewish man because the most normal way for a Jewish man to pray in those days was him standing with his palms lifted up. He would stand like this. And in this case, Paul says, I kneel before God in prayer. For this reason, I kneel before my Father. And in verse 16, Connie, it says that he would Grant you according to the riches of his glory. Now think about that just for a moment. Paul said according to the riches of his glory. When Paul is praying, now Daffy, he's recognizing that the heavenly father has every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms and it's available to us as children of God. That's what Paul is saying, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory. He's saying he's got it all, and I, he wants to give it all to you. I, I'm praying to a glorious, rich God, and I pray that out of his glorious riches that he would grant you. 
earlier in the book of Ephesians, he said, I thank my God and my Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing from the heavenly realms. He was saying, God has already made available to us every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms, and this is who the God is that you're praying to. So everything that's in heaven, God wants to unleash on us. That he would grant you according to the riches of his glory. Paul said in Philippians, I think it was chapter 4, he said, My God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches. We serve, listen to me, we serve a limitlessly, spiritually rich, heavenly Father. And yet, so many of His children are living spiritually impoverished. There is no reason for a child of God to be broke, busted, and disgusted when the God that, I mean, he owns everything. And Paul said that he wants to grant it to us. He wants to give it to us. He desires to give blessings to his children. And we're often too busy praying small, general prayers. Ask specific, faith-filled prayers. God delights in blessing his children with every spiritual blessing from the heavenly realms. He delights in that. How many's got kids? Me and Talena went on a date Friday. And we're in the car. Tasha's got Riley and Isaiah's with Misty and uh, the Caracos. And, and we get in the car and we drive off and we're like, woo, no kids, yay. This is all about me and you. We're not buying the kids nothing today. Nothing. We're spending it all on us. The first store we go into after we eat, Talena goes to the ladies' section. I go to the men's section. We meet in the middle, and I say, look what I found, Isaiah. She's laughing, and she said, look what I found, Riley. Why? Because we delight in giving our kids stuff. That's why we, when we get older, we buy ourselves we hope somebody gives me hand-me-downs so I don't have to buy anything so I can buy my kids what they want. And it's, people say, well, they're spoiled. God wants to spoil us. I want to spoil my kids. I want them to know that I delight in giving them stuff. And, 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 and I thought about that when I was studying yesterday. I thought, that's the same thing. I mean, it was dead set. We're not buying them anything. And the buggy was full of their stuff. So, God delights in blessing his children. Why does he pray like this? Why does Paul say this? Look at verse 17. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. Think about that. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. There is the first time we're going to see this pattern of the way Paul prays. He says, I pray. I pray that God may strengthen you with power or with might. That he may strengthen you with power. That he may strengthen you with power. The Greek word translated as might is the same one that was used for power over in Acts, which means dunamis, dynamite. God wants to give us, he wants to strengthen us with dynamite power. He wants us to be explosive. It's not human power. It's the power of God that he wants living inside of us. And I pray that he may strengthen you with dunamis, with supernatural power. Church, it's available to us. It is available to us. I desperately need the power of God in my preaching. I, I desperately need the power of God in my parenting. I desperately need the power of God trying to be the husband that God has called me to be. I need the power of God to overcome. Your pastor still has to overcome temptation. And I need the power of the Holy Spirit to continuously take me away from the things that tries to pull me away from what I know I should be doing. Constantly. Constantly. 
I need the power to stand strong against spiritual opposition. I need more power than ever in the physical realm. We need power that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. Paul says, I pray that out of the glorious riches that my God would strengthen you with dunamis power or dunamis might. It is available to you and me. And so many of us are not tapping in to what is truly available to us in the spiritual realm. I don't know how it works. But I know every Sunday, every Wednesday, and a lot of days through the week, I walk into this room and I hit all them switches back there in power. I don't know how it works, but I know you turn on the switch. Church, I don't know how all of it works, but I know we got to turn on the switch. We got to turn it on. And I come to tell somebody there's more power available to you this morning through the Holy Spirit out of the glorious riches of God. I mean, if we'll call on it, if we'll ask Him for it, Paul says, I pray. Not that you'll be blessed and saved. That's not what Paul even asked for. Paul says that you'll have power so that the presence of Christ may dwell within your heart. And then he goes on and he says that you, go back, being rooted and grounded in love. Man, it, If I want my roots to be grounded in anything, it is the love of the Savior, Jesus Christ. That you may be rooted and grounded in love and go on to verse 18 and may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the depth and the height. Do you realize that we have to have the power of God. The Spirit of God has to be living inside of us to even remotely try to grasp how wide and how long and how deep and how high the love of God is. I can't comprehend it. I mean, you think about it. Now, why do you need the power to know that He loves you? Because we don't get it. We don't get it because you need to know that His love, it surpasses knowledge. We can't think about it, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. If any of us have ever looked and we look at someone and we think, why do they have something that I don't have spiritually? Why do they seem to have peace and I don't? Why do they seem to have assurance and I don't? Why do they seem to have something that I do not have? Those people have tapped into something that you have not, and that's the power of God. They have, they have, all, that God, they, they have all that God has available for them, because they've un- they're beginning to understand the love of God and they have tapped into it. And you cannot, I repeat, you cannot naturally understand the love of God. Webster cannot even define it. There is nothing that can get, I mean, it is a supernaturally revealed thing. Our finite minds... We don't have the capacity on our own to comprehend how much God loves us. Why would God love us so much? I mean, think about it. He's sitting in heaven right now watching what's going on on this earth. And yet, while I was still a sinner, Christ loved me. Did the psalmist not say, where can I go? There's nowhere. I can go to the deepest parts of hell and your love's still there. We can't even run from it. We cannot even run from the love of God. No matter where we're at, He loves us. My mind can't grip that. That is why parents... 
One of the most important prayers that you can pray for your children, especially as they're getting ready to start school again. God, would you give my kids the power to understand how much you love them? Why is that important? Because if your children finally understand and they get the power to understand how much God loves from them, then what happens is is your children realize that their approval comes from God and not the boyfriend that says, can I get you in the back of my car? Because if you know that your approval comes from God, you don't need approval from people. They're not sucked into the, the temptations of the world and they're, because they're standing strong on the fact that my approval is in God. Spouses. One of the best things you can pray for your spouse is that they would have the power to understand how much God loves them. Why? Because if our spouses get it, then they become intimately more in a more intimate relationship with God, and then it changes your relationship with them. But it has to be supernaturally revealed. Has to be. That's why when we try to talk about the love of God and we try to explain it to people, we fail miserably. We fail because we don't have the vocabulary to describe God. Nobody does. I mean, we can't give love justice because here's the problem that we can't grasp. With God, love is not what He does. Love is who He is. We can't grasp that. God is love. The very essence of God is love. God is love. God is love. It is not just what he does. It's who he is. And when you recognize that that's who he is, then you stand from the strength of the fact that there is nothing that I can do that would cause him to love me less And there's nothing that I can do that would cause him to love me more because God is love and he loves me. There is nothing I can do. Nothing. Nothing that I can do that can separate me from the love of God. Church, we need to grasp that. Because We have cut so many people off from the family of God because we stopped loving them for what they did or do. Testing. He does not love me because of what I do. He loves me because of who he is. And when that overtakes me, and when we truly begin to grasp that, suddenly Christianity is not something I do on Sunday. When I grasp that, it is the essence of who I am called to be. If I'm calling myself a Christ follower, and Christ lives inside of me, and God is love, then what should I be radiating? I have power that dwells with inside of me from the inner being that makes me love the unlovable. Suddenly, I'm not living In the lower things of this world, I'm now drawn out of that by the love of God. I have power. That's how sometimes you meet people and you get around people and and, and they're just so calm and relaxed. And, and, And you'll say, didn't you just get a bad doctor's report? So how do you have this supernatural peace about you? There's just a peace about you. You know how? They got power. They got power. They flipped the switch. And there's power 
coming to them and through them. And now people looking at them saying, how can you get the same doctor's report that I have and I'm a mess and you're just sitting there thinking it's all going to work out for my good? Other people, we, we live underneath a spiritually glorious, rich, heavenly father, and yet we are spiritually impoverished children. One of the most important prayers you can pray for those you love is that they will understand just how much God loves them. I'm really praying that there are a lot of people in this church that really wants a deeper and more meaningful spiritual encounter with a holy God. That it would be more than just showing up on Sunday and singing a song. But it's like, God, I just want to dwell in your presence. I'm hearing his voice a whole lot different than I ever have. His spirit is guiding me like it never has. When I'm reading his word, it's like the, 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 the words are just jumping off the page and giving me encouragement. Sometimes they're even convicting me of the sins that's in my life or it's leading me to go in the right places. I, my relationship is so much better because I'm getting a better understanding of who he is and I'm having faith to do things that would seem impossible to other people. That's the kind of relationship that God is looking for with his people. I pray, I really pray that you have power, supernatural power to understand how much God loves us. The same power that raised Christ from the dead takes residence in our lives. Your identity is not based on what you have, what you don't have, but it's what God thinks about you. And he is passionately in love with you this morning in fact the bible says that you're the apple of his eye in fact he said i love you so much that your name is written on the palm of my hand this morning think about that your prayers change when you know how much god loves you and and when his power dwells inside of you your prayers are not just keep us safe today god bless the food and be with us and yeah that's all i can think of amen you're praying for big things. You're never praying, God, just keep my kids safe this year as they go off to school. Keep them safe. Don't let them get in drugs. We thank you. We love you. Amen. No. Why don't we start praying, God, raise up my child or my children to be spiritual leaders in their schools and classrooms this year. God, I don't want you just to keep them off drugs. God, you've got way much more for them this year. Why don't you let them stand out and when they walk down the halls of Madison Middle and Brookview Elementary, God, that Isaiah and Riley, that the radiance of your glory is shining off of them and their schoolmates see them and say, I want what they have that's what our prayers should be for our children God I pray that they would be bold in their faith and they would not bow to the things and the pressures of this world and that they'll be leaders of their faith in front of their students and their, and their peers that's what we need to start praying over our children we pray wimpy puny prayers over our children and wonder why they never raise up to be who God called them to be we never spoke it over them and we don't just need to say it in our prayer closet. They need to hear us praying that over them. I'm guilty. Oh boy. God, up there, way up there, setting somewhere beyond the blue, would you just help me pay my bills this month? Get me through. Why don't we stop praying prayers like that and start praying, God, you promised that you would never, ever have me begging for bread. God, you said that I was blessed going in, blessed coming out, that you're going to provide all my need according to your riches and glory. I believe, God, that I'll, I'll be able to be generous to others because of the way you're blessing me. Why don't we pray bold prayers like that instead of, God, just get me through. And then we wonder why we walk around broke, busted, and disgusted because we're praying prayers that God's saying, you have not because you ask not. 
Oh, boy. Yes. Get bold and mad. Growl. You pray big prayers. You believe in God when he says all things are possible with me. People get mad at people that are rich. Why? God's blessed them. And what I've learned from most people that are rich, they bless others like crazy. The most of the people that I've ever been around that have money, they bless people like crazy. And then we want to get mad and say, well, they're rich, why ain't I? Have you ever blessed anybody with what you had? Oh, boy. Well, I don't have nothing. All things are possible with God. And then we start thinking like that and we start praying like that, then our faith grows and it grows and it grows because we now have the power of a risen Christ dwelling inside of us. Selena, if you'll come. Connie, if you'll go to 19 and 20. And to know the love of Christ which passeth knowledge, that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God, now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power of God. Anybody want to correct me there? The power that's working in us. I love that. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all. In other words, what Paul is saying, he's saying, Adam, God wants to bless your family immeasurably. There's no ruler on this thing. There's no yardstick on this thing. He just wants to pour out blessings. And I think we miss that because a lot of people just say, bless me. But God never blesses you to bless you. God blesses you to bless others. That's how the kingdom operates. And Talena used to say something all the time, and, and it's always stuck out with me, but it's just kind of brought back to my remembrance. But so many times when we pray to God, we pray with a closed fist. Our fist is closed. How can God bless us with our fists? Our hands are closed. Open them. God, let it set and let it run over. And what don't set on my hand, let it go to Carol. Let it go to the grasses. Let it go to Daffy and Homer. Let it go to Happy and Gail. Let let the blessings that you're pouring out from heaven, God, if I, can't, if I can't withhold all of them and I can't stand all of them, hey, let it shake off on somebody else. God, that's how I want you to bless me. I don't, listen, I think we got the wrong understanding. We, we misquote and say that money's the root of all evil. Money's not the root of all evil. The love of it is. And I promise you, Angie said it right when she, I like money. We all do. We need it. Pays bills. It allows me to delight in my children because they, they get delighted a lot. But that's not what we're after. The blessing's not for us. The blessing's to bless others. That's why people who refuse to tithe and give, they're not blessed. And a lot of times the people that don't, that don't give and tithe, they're miserable human beings. Well, I'm not giving that preacher my money. You're not giving this preacher the money. You're giving the money to the kingdom and what Belinda and the council and this pastor does with it, that's on us. But your, your command is to give it. What, once, once you release it, you've released it. It's, no, it's, it's gone. Now it's in my lap. I'm responsible for it. I don't even know where that came from. 
Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we ask or think, we can imagine, we can dream, the greatest thing you can picture in your mind, Daffy, God can do more. Immeasurably more. The greatest thing, Nita, that you can dream up, God can do immeasurably more. So in other words, our minds cannot even comprehend what God wants to do. That's why we don't pray small prayers, Ruth. We we pray big prayers. And when God does exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, then the world can say God's glory is shining on that place. The greatest thing that we can ever imagine, dream, think, whatever, God can do immeasurably more. According to his what? Power. Dunamis. He's at work within us, church. When you're weak, his power is made perfect in you. Go to the next one, Connie. Last one. Again, now to Him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. Unto Him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. Do you see the faith in Paul's prayer? This isn't God, will you help me get through the day? God, help me get through the week. Paul's praying, God, what you do today is going to impact generations to come. Why? Because you can do exceeding, abundantly, more, immeasurably more than we can think, ask, imagine. Who has that kind of faith? I'll tell you who. Somebody that has the power of the Holy Spirit working on the inside of them. I believe with all my heart that our church will be filled with people who've been touched by the power of God and they're going to have the faith to believe God for big things. And I believe God is going to be the God of the impossible. I still believe that the church's greatest days are still ahead of us. And here's the thing. When he does, we're not even going to have to tell anybody because they're going to see it. They're going to see it. It, it, Because God showed up, because God showed off, all this happens. Can we stand to our feet? Heads bowed, eyes closed. God, I just pray right now in the name of Jesus. God, that you would just begin to minister to people here today. God, I don't know the hearts of everyone in this room, but God, I pray that out of your glorious riches, that you would strengthen this church with power. That Christ would dwell within our hearts. God, I pray this morning that we would have the power to know how much you love us so that we could glorify you in all the things that we do this morning. Can we raise our hands and can we just begin to pray? Can we just begin to pray and ask God, God, give us faith for big things God we don't want to pray now I lay me no more God we want to pray big specific prayers that make an impact 
on this generation and those to come. God, I'm tired of praying small, simple prayers. God, I'm tired of frustrating you with lack of faith. Give us a boldness like we've never had. God, that we would dream big. Because you are the God that wants, not that you can just do, but God, you're the God that wants to do exceeding abundantly above all that we could ever ask or think. God, I truly believe you want to shake the foundations of this church. God, tear down our idols, our traditions. God, whatever those things may be that we're putting above you. But God, this day forward, seeing you move in the power and might and seeing miracles, signs and wonders. God, that's what we're asking for. That's what we're praying for. That's what we're believing you for. God, tonight when we go and we pray for our students and our teachers and our staff and leaders, God, we're not going to go out and pray just simple prayers. God, we're going to pray bold that our schools are going to experience revival. That our teachers who are fearful right now of the COVID and how they're going to take care of their students. But God, they're going to begin to walk in a supernatural peace knowing that your hand is upon them and God, you're going to get them through this. God, there is no natural answer to the problems that are going on in our world today. There is no natural answer of, God, how do we get through COVID? How do we get through the, the, race, the, the racism and the division in our politics and our people? There is no natural answer. But God, the answer is an outpouring of the Holy Spirit that would fall down from heaven on this nation, on this church, on this community, on these people. God, I'm praying that not just my children, but all of our children, they're going to walk with a boldness in their school this year, and they're not going to cave to temptation, but they're going to be able to stand in the truth, knowing that their approval comes in your Son, Jesus Christ, and they're going to stand and say, no, I'm not going to do that, but let's, let me tell you about a friend I have in Jesus. God, I love the idea that you gave Haven. Every day she's got a scripture in her daily planner that's going to remind you that you're leading her and you're guiding her. And God, not only is she going to read those one day, but I believe that she's going to have somebody as she opens those pages, somebody's going to say, Haven, what does that scripture say? What does that say right there? And that scripture is going to jump off the pages of her planner and it's going to plant seeds in a family's life. God, help us to stop being simple. Let us be bold. God, let our line out. Let it roar. God, I don't want to just come to church anymore and have three songs and a poem and a prayer and go home. God, I want to see your power prevalent in our services. I want to see the lame walk. I want to see the mute talk. I want to see the deaf hear. I want to see cancer fall off right here in the altar. God, I want to see wheelchairs tossed in the dumpster. Crutches in the dumpster. Back braces, knee braces. Thanks for listening with us today. We hope that you have been challenged, inspired, or God has changed you somehow or in some way by what you have heard. If you would like to learn more about Fountain of Life Worship Center, find us at our website at folwc.com, on Facebook at facebook.com slash folwc, or in person. If you have a prayer request that you would like us to join in praying with you, please head to our prayer page at folwc.com slash prayer and click the image that reads prayer request. 
If you'd like to support this ministry, you can go to our website, folwc.com, and click Give at the top of the page. Join us every Thursday for a new podcast. Hit subscribe on the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts to keep up with our most recent podcast episode. Have a great day, and God bless you all.